Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. My name is Alex Mabe. I'm the host, and my mission for this podcast is to lead people towards Christ in their everyday walk. And today, I actually have a special guest with me, Nathan. Hello. So we actually met each other in Florida, and our parents knew each other, and then all the kids met each other, and everyone just kind of clicked, and here we are now recording the podcast. So Nathan, you want to tell us a little bit about you? I would love to. So a little bit about me. I'm a junior at a school in South Florida. I have a club in which we do devos. We um, just talk about Jesus in general. And then I also play football and wrestle. And I'm a two-time captain for the wrestling team. That's awesome. So you want to break it down a little bit about the different groups that you're part of and what that looks like? Sure. So firstly, as a student, um, my school is pretty rigorous in academics. So there's a lot of APs and stuff that I have to balance. But besides that, I have a YIC club, which is a community service club geared to helping underprivileged inner city kids. And First Priority, which is another club I'm president of, is just a club where we're able to talk about Jesus. It's a club primarily based on Christians being able to talk to each other, do morning devos, and really grow in our relationship with Jesus. That's great. How did you hear about First Priority? So we have weekly devotionals at either our house or my cousin's house. And from there, my parents are able to connect with the runner of First Priority in Florida. And I was able to kind of talk with him, get something going, learn about the process of starting a club. And I've also always had a passion for kind of starting something Christian-based in my school because it is a pretty secular school overall. So, you know, God just really aligned certain things and made it happen. Yeah, that's awesome. What does that look like weekly for you? What's the role that you play within this group? So I'm able to post on an app called Schoology to kind of get messages out to everyone. And every week we meet on Wednesday mornings. We have bagels, donuts. And for 20, 30 minutes, we kind of just talk about God in our lives, do a devotional, um, read the Bible, and kind of go over a certain theme. So last meeting, we talked about Moses and how he was able to really listen to God and trust in him and that how we should implement that into our lives too. That's really, really cool. Is that nerve-wracking when you first started that? Were you nervous? A little bit. Um, talking in front of other people in general when you don't have experience with it can be a little bit nerve-wracking. However, as you build up experience and you get more comfortable talking, it it really goes away and you you learn to relieve your anxieties and just be confident. Mm-hmm. That's really good. What about the community group? I didn't even know you had that. I'm like, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. Well, YC, it's called the Youth Impact Center, and it is a club focused on helping the spiritual, mental, and physical growth of inner city kids. And it provides wrestling training. It's a wrestling club and then also has tutoring and it's a faith-based organization. So after practices, we'll all pray together and yeah. So is this organization already made and then you just kind of brought it to your area? Yeah, so it's a pretty new organization. It started in South Florida. There's only one location. It started about two years ago. And I've been really involved with its growth and as not only a wrestler, but um, someone who's trying to help manage all the different stuff of YC2. 
So I wanted to bring it to Pinecrest to be able to give him a little more support, have people that were able to go to, to, go to events and that are able to you know, serve YC and help them serve other people. Yeah, that's really, really cool. So you talked a little bit briefly on your athletic journey and how you got hurt. How does that look now? And how has that really kind of changed your life? Because we've talked about this, but let's just share it with everyone else. So that's something that was really able to bring me closer to God. And initially in the summer, I've always been a kind of athletic person and really striving to achieve my athletic goals in wrestling and football. But I really took it to a new level as right when the wrestling season ended, I was going to tournaments in Tampa. I was constantly wrestling in the off season and then spring football started and I was constantly training for that. And right when summer hit, I was working three times a day. I was lifting for two hours, doing speed training conditioning and then I was doing footwork. And I really put, invested a lot into sports. Mm-hmm. And then when I got injured, I got injured in the preseason for football. Um, I think it's something that God wanted to take away from me so I could take a step back and really look at everything I was doing. So I pretty much broke my ankle and I had to have surgery on it. Mm-hmm. And I missed a lot of football and wrestling season. And I'm, I'm still on that rehabilitation journey. Mm-hmm. But it it's something that was really able to shape my character and bring me closer to God because it's a true trial that I was able to persevere through. And even though it was hard at times, I felt that God was always with me. So I was really able to persevere through the the trials and the, um, the negative thoughts I had of, well, what's the point of it? I worked out so much. I put so much into it, but now it's all gone. Why did God do this? Well, I just have to trust in him and know that he knows whatever is best for me, even if I don't know what's best for me. Yeah. So do you want to tell the story about how you got hurt? Yeah. So it was preseason football and I'm a running back the end and I was running the ball and someone tackled me the wrong way. And as I was chucking them, someone came from behind me and twisted me and my ankle got caught on the ground and I sprained it and tore a membrane. So through that, they told me, they didn't think it was that bad at first. They told me, you'll be back in one or two weeks. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And it really never got fully better. I was able to run on it, but I couldn't cut on it. And even when I visit the doctors, they said, hey, you're fine. And after a month, I, I was cleared to go play. I played for a couple snaps. And then someone fell on it, and it just immediately got messed up again. So it never fully healed, but then that made me realize, hey, there's something wrong with my ankle. And I went to the doctors, I got an MRI, I got a stress x-ray, and they realized that it was a lot worse than they thought. So I had to get surgery on it. And it was a really nerve-wracking time, but God was really able to help me push through all of it because I was really trying to avoid surgery initially. I, it was scary to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't. It would make it all real because... Previous to the surgery, I was running on it and it didn't really feel like I was that injured. And even though there were some limits on what I could do, it wasn't that bad. But then if I wanted to be fully back, I needed the surgery and that made it real to me. I couldn't, I was on crutches for almost two months and I'm still not back to sports yet. But the, the realization of, hey, this is the impact that it's going to have on my life and everything that I worked for was kind of 
taken away, it really helped me to grow closer to God and trust Him through my trials. Because mm-hmm. you, I mean, you put in so much time and so much effort into working towards the goals, your athletic achievements that you were striving towards, and just to see it, it collapse almost like right in front of your face, that must have been really, really rough. And, you know, most people, whenever they face something and they've been working towards it, and God leads them a different way, it can be really rough. So how did you get through that with that positive mindset? Because every single time I talk to you, you seem happy about it. You thank God for this thing that happened. And most people don't have that mindset. Yeah. Well, I've been training myself for the past couple of years since freshman year. I got into junior year to where if anything bad happens to me, I just try and say, thank you, God, for letting this happen to me. I don't know why you're doing this to me, but... It's your will, and I trust in you. So this would kind of come into effect through a lost football game where I'll be really disappointed. Hey, I could have done better. Maybe we would have won if I got a sack here. But, you know, God, thank you for letting us lose. It's going to be a learning opportunity, and I don't know exactly why we lost that game, but I know it was your will. So through doing small things like that, I was able to train myself into right when I got injured, I was on the floor, on the field, I couldn't move at all, and I just said, I don't know why you're doing this to me, God. I don't know what this is going to look like for my future, but thank you for allowing me to get injured because it's allowing me to participate in your will. Yeah. What was one of the biggest lessons or takeaway from taking this time and being almost with yourself and with God? Like, What was just one of the most impactful things that you've had? It really helped me to learn to depend on God. Because through the midst of uncertainty, you really realize that you have no control over anything that's happening in your life. Like I was, I ran a fast 40. I was very strong. I was fit. And I really felt like, hey, nothing can go wrong. But then when you go through something like that, you realize I control nothing. Tomorrow I could get in a car crash or I could break my ankle. And it could just be a life-changing event. But after going through that, I really, I was in the Bible, I was reading Isaiah, and I really realized how much God has control over our lives. Um, One verse that really helped me through this is Isaiah 40, 26, where it says, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Mm. And that was something that really allowed me to zoom out. So personal. It's like so personal. Yeah. I I was able to stop being so selfish and thinking, oh my gosh, my ankles hurt. I may not have a football season, my junior football season. Um, And I was really able to say, God has everything in control. Who am I to question him when he has everything? He created the earth. He numbered the stars. He knows me personally. Why would I ever question him and have uncertainty that he has the, his my best interests in his mind? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you say, um, we were talking earlier, and you were talking about a coach sending you a verse. Was that the verse? Yeah. Well, my coach just told me to read Isaiah 41, mm-hmm. 40, and... And this is after you got hurt. Yeah. Correct. So after I got hurt before the surgery, I was in a little bit of a rut. 
And my coach is Christian. So he told me, yo, you should, you should read Isaiah 40. And I read Isaiah 40. And I was like, this is amazing. I read Isaiah 41. And constantly in these chapters, it talks about how God is always with us. In Isaiah 41 too, it says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So through this, I was really able to say, God is with me. He's not some mystical being mm-hmm. in, the, in the universe. He's with me and he's strengthening me as I'm going through my journeys. And the more I rely on him, the more he empowers me. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, they look at God as this person that can give you healing, that can give you this peace when you're really going through it. But people need to understand of how personal God is, how deeply he wants to help you and how he wants to see you succeed. And although you got hurt and you thank God for that and you might, you know, your might your first thought might be, okay, God's holding me back. He doesn't I'm not succeeding through this. But God might have taken taken you out of those situations of, you know, working so hard, putting in so much time and effort to really just slow down and be like, okay, I'm going to have this time with God. This is one of the biggest blessings in my life because I get to slow down. Like God's forcing me to slow down and spend this time that is so precious with God, which is just one of the most amazing things you can possibly do. Yeah. In the Bible, it says that God has each of our hairs numbered. That's how much he cares about us. And he really is a personal being, even though people may not think it. It's not, it doesn't really come to mind. You think God, you think he knows me Mm -hmm. when there's so much to know. Yeah. But he knows me. He knows you. He knows everything about you and he still loves you. Yeah. And on top of that, he knows you, but you have the opportunity to get to know who he is. Like he already knows everything about you. But when you start to learn who he is, that's when you start to see the blessings. That's when you start to realize, okay, God, I need to slow down. I'm going to be obedient with my time. It's, it's, yeah, God's so good. And God wants a personal relationship with you too. He has a one-way relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And he loves it when you try to make it a two-way. When he knows everything about you, he doesn't just want to feel lonely. He wants you to love him and care about him. And in Psalms 91, it says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So when we're able to really have a personal relationship with God, he loves that. And he's going to do everything he can to try and keep that bond and to try and empower us and help us through tough times. Yeah. Do you ever... Do you feel like right now in this moment and with your personal walk with God that you've never been so close to him? I would definitely say so. I think it's very easy to backtrack Mm -hmm. on your relationship with God. 100%. But through all the craziness and the midterms and the injuries, I think that God has used this as an opportunity for me to grow closer to him. And the more I depend on him, the more he makes it clear to me what I should do and the more he gives me peace and love and kindness. So I would say that through these trials, he's strengthened my bond with him and really allowed me to take a deep dive into my character, how I react to adversity and my 
my um my earthly struggles and yeah. how he helps me through those. Do you think with you getting closer with God, do you think that's strengthen your ability to say no to worldly things? Whether that means, you know, getting annoyed at your sibling and just lashing out. Or maybe that means something a lot more serious, like going out and doing things that are just not God-honoring. Yeah. I think it's always hard to say no to certain things. And that's just part of our sinful nature where Mm -hmm. we have our flesh, which places these desires in us that are really unhelpful. But through getting closer to God... He can help you get out of those ruts. It, it says in the Bible too, the only way to get out of your sin, get out of your flesh, is through a relationship with Jesus. And as you grow closer to Him, you're going to become more and more convicted to rid these sins of you. And you're not you're not supposed to go to Jesus as a perfect person. Yeah. You go to Him and you're at your worst, and He makes you better. So the closer you get to Jesus the more he is able to remove the sin from your life and really empower you. I think people really need to understand that you don't need to come to God perfect, that you can come to God broken, whether that means literally physically or that means mentally, and you are struggling and you have these things that you battle with. And, you know, people will go and look at addictions or you know, worldly temptations or worldly mindset, and they'll go to those things as that fix. But I'm telling you guys now, when you guys can go to God when you are hurting, that is one of the most beautiful things that you can possibly do. God is so close to the brokenhearted. Like, He will show you so many different things that you would have never been able to notice. And I'm not saying it's a good thing to be brokenhearted, but there is a huge blessing in struggle and really having that super deep and intimate relationship with God. I'm not saying that you can't have that when you're not struggling, but there is a different type of relationship or bond that you can get when you can go to someone when you are hurting. So I think that's super, super powerful. And that's the beautiful thing about the Bible, where even Jesus, he's the only perfect person in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And he's hanging out with these tax collectors and sinners, and he's helping them. He's trying to remove their sin and really give them insight into what they should be doing. And throughout the entire Bible, God is always using broken people. Mm-hmm. Moses had many personal, he's afraid of public speaking. Yeah. He, he felt killed like a man. Yeah. He, he killed a dude out of anger and God used him to do so many great things. Um, David sinned and committed adultery against his wife. He, he cheated on his wife with some random girl he saw and then killed her husband to make up for it. Mm-hmm. But he was also one of the greatest kings in biblical history. Yeah. So none of us are perfect. And that's certainly seen through the Bible where all of these great figures in the Bible always have these little imperfections, but God is still able to use them for great things. Mm-hmm. I think too, what's really impactful for people is your environment. You don't just have this all of a sudden positive mindset when you're not around good people. When you are around people that are like-minded, that follow Christ, that want to see you succeed, and that are also striving towards Jesus, that's really helpful to be in an environment where everyone's very positive and uplifting. You know, it's I look at people where they're in environments where it's really rough, and they 
as a kind of a result of what everyone else is doing, they behave like that. So if you are in an environment where it's not God honoring and if you can get out of it, get out of it and choose to surround yourself around people that are loving and that are that do fill you up, that do fill you up with truth and that pour into you and that want to see you succeed. Because when you have that type of friendship and you have that type of bond, that is where God will use you and God can use that other person. You guys can do crazy things together, whether that means like a whole community, you know, whatever God leads you towards. And that's not even a biblical principle. It's a principle of life. Yeah. You are who your five closest friends are. That's that's Mm -hmm. a popular saying. It's not even biblical, even though it says it in the Bible. Whoever you surround yourself with is who you will be. Mm-hmm. And even if you think you're going to be able to weather the storm and influence them besides them influencing you, they're going to influence you mm-hmm. no matter how hard you try the opposite. Yep. So something you really want to do is surround yourself with, with as ideal people as possible. Yeah. You want to look at someone and say, that person, he has an amazing relationship with Jesus. I want to be like him, so I'm going to surround myself with people like him. Yeah. You want to think about your ideal self. Write down everything you want yourself to be. Look for people like that, and then surround yourself with people like that. That's funny. When you mentioned write down, I just this came to my head, but about a year ago, I wrote down on a piece of paper, everything in my life that I want to be, that I want to see transformed and where I want my relationship with God to be, that I want to be more loving. I want to be more godly. I want to be patient. I want to be kind. I want to help people towards Christ. And I also don't want to be a person where I'm half in, half out, where I do have this good group, where I have this solid group of people where they do love me and they want to see me succeed, but I still choose to also hang out with the other group that isn't necessarily doing that and they still have a huge influence on my life not saying that it's not it's okay to be friends with people that aren't christians that's totally okay but it's different when you let them influence you but that's kind of funny that you say write that down because yeah you can see that change Mm -hmm. exactly it can be beneficial to just be around people that you are able to influence to where you're pouring into this person, you're really trying to help them, you're trying to get them out of this situation, you want them to know Christ. Those situations are amazing, they're beautiful because you're really able to positively influence those around you, which is what God calls us to do. But the problem is when you want to conform to the world, that's when the problem rises, Mm -hmm. where you're no longer trying to influence other people, but you're seeking validation and you wanna be accepted and now you're going to this party, but you say, hey, I'm going to the party so I'll make sure nothing bad happens. And then now you start getting influenced by these people around you that are really living a sinful lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, we're coming to the end of the podcast. And thank you so much for being able to talk. This went by really, really fast. It's been like 25 minutes. I feel like it's only been like three. But thank you so much for coming on here and being able to talk. Um It'd be great if we could do this again, but thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have an amazing day. Bye. Thank you for inviting me onto this podcast. Yeah, 100%. Have a wonderful day, all the listeners. All right, bye, guys.